You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. A feisty and fun welcome to this week's Bride Chilla Podcast. Alicia is my name, the hostess with the moostess. I paused in a weird way just then. I'm here to help you with your wedding planning, hopefully to put you in the direction of bride chilladom, whatever that may be. Being a bride chiller could mean that you're just not going to scream at someone. It could mean that you're going into a deep meditative state uh, with all things surrounding wedding planning. I've been making this show for three years now. And let me tell you something. I have been asked a lot of questions, a lot of questions that aren't necessarily the ones that you'd read in a wedding magazine. I really try to cover topics that aren't your stock standard Hi, I just wanted to know what colour the flowers should be. That's just not really our style. I mean, I'll tell you about the colours of flowers, if that's what you're like, snores. Who gives a shit? I'm here to talk about relationships, about priorities, about not losing your shit with organising an event, and uh, hopefully get you on the track to regain some sort of normality in your life. Enjoy wedding planning. Communicate better or betterer with your partner and your family and friends and really use this as a landmark opportunity to make a difference in your life. There it is. Gosh, put that on a fucking postcard. Um, <laughs> today's episode is a Q&A episode. I will be uh, answering lots, very diverse range of questions today. I've got a great voice message from Shauna who actually asks a question uh, that's about how to distribute tasks and events with people offering to throw you things. Sean is in the early stages of her engagement and I actually really relate to her question because I think so many of us get to the stage where we're engaged, people start to get generous and start to say, I'll do this for you, I'll do this for you and then you're like, whoa, 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 I just need to think, I just need to think because it's sometimes a little bit like House of Cards if you've seen the Netflix show, this is going to be a weird analogy. But, you know, you've got to think politically a little bit with wedding planning and who's doing what and who the allocation of tasks, the distribution of responsibility, who does what and how that will benefit you in the future. <laughs> now I want to do this. That's a small house of cards reference for all the fans out there. That's coming back soon. I'm very excited. We'll also be talking a little bit about personalization and interactivity Sounds a little bit like some sort of uh, business TED talk. I guarantee it won't take that sort of journey. Lovely um, bride Chilla Ashton wanted to ask, well, she's actually telling us a little bit about the path to personalization of her wedding. And it's really nice. She's got some great suggestions. So I am looking forward to sharing all of those with you and more on today's episode. If you have a wedding planning question, a theme, a suggestion, if you've got a, I don't know, a bug to bear, something you want to say to the community, to me, then please do get in touch. I'd love you to visit thebridechiller.com. See what's there. Poke around the blog. Also, we have lovely merchandise available. T-shirts, totes, mugs. I can't think of anything else. I think they're the main things. A cap. Um, and they're great to purchase as gifts or just as a gift to yourself. Treat yourself, as we like to say, uh, visit the website and you will learn more. Right, I feel like it's time that we can kick off this shindig, see where we go and just see what we can learn together. Oh God, I'm a doofus. 
bride chilla Ariel got in touch and she was inspired by a post uh, that I put on Instagram recently asking if people would consider ditching their bridal party. And she says, basically, I've been a bridesmaid a ton of times. Most recently in 2015, 2016, I was a bridesmaid four times in the span of a year and a half. So I have quite a bit of exposure to the pros and cons of bridesmaids, the drama, the fun, all of it. I love it. I love it that she says the drama and the fun. She says, it happens that I'm pretty good at the job of, quote, day of bridesmaid. And generally, I end up taking charge at the wedding, making sure things are running smoothly and the bride is taken care of, which is really just like the job, isn't it? I mean, I think a lot of the times people forget that. They think it's all about getting your hair done. It's just keeping your friend not going crazy. So between that and the fact that I have some seriously dramatic friends for whom planning the bridal things always leads to arguments about money, etc. And also, I didn't think there'd be an easy way to edit my list of friends to a reasonable size. I decided to do something different. Oh, I love it. She's gone rogue. I emailed 10 of my very good friends basically saying that I was not going to have traditional bridesmaids, no matching dresses or anything, but that I wanted to take the opportunity of my wedding to celebrate my friendships with them. Also, since so many of them are artistic and I've got several DIY projects I'd like to do, I asked them, rather than spending time and money planning a bridal shower, which I absolutely do not want, and other things like that, if they could contribute a few hours along the way to help me with projects to make my wedding prep more fun and something I could do with friends. Oh, she's good. I'm already planning a Sunday get-together and a few of them are going to make paper flower backdrops that I would love to have. I also told them I'd like to take them out to dinner to celebrate with them. Because this isn't a formal wedding party, quotes, I can include everyone I want and try to make it nice bonding time and fun and free of the financial pressure that sometimes goes with being a bridesmaid. I'm really happy that I decided to do things this way If you have any ideas or opinions about this or other things I might do with them as a thank you, I would love to hear it. Happy days, Ariel. Now, I think this is such a great idea. About, I don't know, six months ago, I got an email from another bride chiller who said a similar thing, that she was going to have a craft and cocktails afternoon. She didn't want to have a bridal shower. She wasn't really into a bachelorette's slash hen's day. So she said, I really wanted to get my chicks together, my ladies, and do some craft, have some cocktails. Everyone brings a bottle of spirits, some sort of liquor, and some mixes, and we have a bit of a crazy cocktail afternoon and get the glue guns out. And I thought that's a great idea. And also, if you don't want to have official bridesmaids, but you want to have the camaraderie of having your lady and possibly gentleman friends, I don't know, uh, to come and celebrate you with you, I think this is a great idea. Bride chillers, I'd really encourage you to step outside the boundaries of traditions and what we supposedly have to do. Just do whatever you want. Fucking go rogue. Why not? Have a good time. Ariel, we take our bride lady hats off to you. Gosh, I wish we wore more hats. I sometimes look at madmen. I really miss you, madmen. And I think about the hats that we should be still wearing in society. I'm fine with a beanie, but it ruins your hair. I just want a classy hat to wear. I just feel like they jazz up an outfit. Yes, I could buy more hats, but they're not as available and you stand out a little bit more. Hats. Think about it. Actually, 
wedding hats. And I don't mean like a big brimmed hat, or you could do that because they're also very sexy. Uh, but I feel like wedding headgear also sounds wrong. I'm not describing it in a nice way. I feel like they're underutilized. So many wonderful hat makers. And maybe it's because I live in England where they like to wear a hat to a, an event. They is in the hierarchy, the social hierarchy above me. I mean, the royals, the socialites, ladies that wear heels all the time. Uh, they love a hat. So there's lots of hat makers. And uh, I think they're very classy. And I'm really all for hats. That took a weird turn. Congrats. Hi, Alicia. This is Emmy from Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, I've gotten myself into a little bit of a date picking pickle. So I figured I would reach out to you and the Bride Chiller community and see what kind of suggestions you may have. Emmy, so sorry for interrupting you, but date picking pickle, date picking pickle is that my new vocal, fuck, I can't even say it. <laughs> it's my new vocal warm up. Date picking pickle, date picking pickle. You always got to do it. Clearly today, I have not. Emmy, keep going. A little bit of background. Uh, I'm originally from the Ann Arbor, Michigan area, and my fiance is from Warren, Pennsylvania, which is kind of near Erie, like northwestern Pennsylvania. And we both went to school in Pittsburgh, which is where we met. So we got engaged this past May in 2016, which is really exciting. But we've been doing most of this wedding planning engagement situation long distance because I'm here in Cincinnati now uh, touring with a kid's puppet show company. Uh, we do shows at schools and stuff. And so I'm pretty much here or, you know, in Illinois or Kentucky or somewhere in Ohio or somewhere in Indiana or wherever living in a big white van. <laughs> so my fiance works in Pittsburgh still. And we really, really wanted to have our wedding in Pittsburgh when we started planning this whole situation. Uh, it's got a lot of emotional happiness for us, a lot of good memories, and we met there and all sorts of stuff. So we kind of dug into picking a place to actually have the wedding. And it turns out, if you live in Pittsburgh, if you have a small budget, like we do, <laughs> you get married in a fire hall, which is not really our style, or you go into debt and spend at least five times what you thought you were going to spend on a cool venue. Ooh. That's just all I have to say about that. Boo. So being frugal people, we decided that was not cool. That's not going to happen. We ended up going back to the drawing board and we found a place that we really liked in Ann Arbor, uh, where my family lives, which is pretty exciting for us. And that means it'll be easier if we go to visit, we can meet with vendors, we can do some planning and all that fun stuff. And we don't have to get a hotel room or anything. We can just stay with my family. Here's the kicker. We're having trouble picking a date because we really wanted to do it in the fall in 2017. So that gives us right now probably like 10, 11 months, which is totally reasonable. However, the days that we've been looking at are Saturdays and Ann Arbor is a college town. Saturday in College Town America is game day. So most of the days we are looking at are filled with people, crazy game, fans, no hotel rooms, super expensive everything, no parking, all kinds of stuff. The one other day that we found that was available is November 18th, which happens to be Latvian Independence Day, which is cool for my family because I'm of Latvian descent. <laughs> so that's a fun little thing. However, the 18th of November is also the anniversary of my fiance's cousin's death. She unfortunately passed away in 2014 on that day of kidney cancer. 
Um, I had met her before. She has a really cute kid and I, I love their family, but uh, she passed away only, it'll have been three years since the actual event. And I'm kind of in a pickle because if I choose that day, then I'm stuck with all this emotional baggage where even though his entire family has been very excited for us to possibly pick that day because then they have a happy memory to kind of slap over the sad one. Am I crazy for thinking that I don't really want that to have this kind of emotional cloud hanging over our wedding day? Um, Or do we pick the other option, which is game day in America, uh, home game in Ann Arbor, where the likelihood of my guests being able to afford a hotel room within half an hour driving distance is pretty slim. And where, where are they going to leave their cars? Do we even have uh, enough money in our budget to pay for a suite where we can spend the night, you know? So I'm in a little bit of a pickle. Um, do I pick one of these two days or do I just go back to the drawing board entirely and maybe pick a day in February in 2018 when there's no football? <laughs> uh, anyway, I thought I would send you guys a message and see what you thought. Any advice would be really appreciated. Thank you so much. Happy days. Emmy, firstly, I want to know about the puppets. What sort of puppets are they? Do you put your hand in them? Do you hold the strings? So many questions. Not for now. Um, good question. Sensitive topic, but also it sounds like you've been very mindful and communicative with your fiancé's family and talking through the options. And lovely to hear that they're so excited for you and very keen for you to crack on with the wedding um, that is also happens to fall on your fiancé's cousin's death. Very sad that that happened to her. But I also think that I don't think it's a burden to have a day where that you are. You're re-energizing a day that potentially was very sad for people and you're giving it new, new light and love. I don't think that's a problem, but it's not my wedding. So it's easy for me to say, hey, it's cool, sweep it, not sweep it under. The that's really inappropriate. But just saying... If they're cool with it and you can be cool with it, problem solved. I think game day, to me, is a pretty big no-no in the sense that all of your guests are going to have trouble getting, you know, they're going to be sleeping out in a tent somewhere in the sticks because they're not going to be able to get a room. I had no idea until talking to my lovely cousin Belinda, who lives in Chicago, just how cray the football season is and how much it affects pricings in areas where there are games being played because they had looked at a couple of venues where it coincided with game time and whoa, 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 just crazy. So totally get that's probably unattainable and it's probably a big ask for you and also dealing with crowds and people and all this stuff. You sort of want to avoid that if you can. So look, my advice to you is if your family are not overly sensitive in the sense that they're being quite you know, they're saying, let's go for it. They're being quite positive about that date and the venue's cool and it all works. I'd say just move on and take that day and make it your own and really bring some happiness to it. Otherwise, you're going back to the drawing board and you have to go back to February, blah, 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 can get a bit boring. So if you want to do it, crack on and do it. I believe in you. Tell me more about the puppets. So interested in the puppets. What a cool gig. Hi, Alicia. This is Ashton. I live in Virginia in the United States. And um, first of all, thank you so much for your podcast. It's incredibly refreshing to have a new perspective on wedding planning that is not 
um, all the advice that we get from people all the time when they find out you're having a wedding. So thank you. You're amazing. Um, so I have a question for you mostly about um, the wedding ceremony. I spent about eight years in the wedding industry, so I've seen a lot. And we've decided to, instead of having our ceremony and reception on the same day, we're going to split it. So we'll do our ceremony small with our um, with our family and closest friends on Friday, and we'll have a family gathering afterwards. And then on Saturday, we'll do a big party with 200 plus people. Um, so one of the things that we're looking to do for a ceremony is make it less of a spectator sport where everyone is just watching us, you know, up front by the altar speaking. Um, I really want it to be less stuffy. So one of the ways we're doing that is we are, you know, after I walk down the aisle and my parents give me away and the pastor, you know, or officiant says why we're here, blah, blah, blah. We'll have everyone introduce themselves and just to kind of break it up, say hello, give your neighbor a hug. Um, and then later in our ceremony, we'll have a prayer and we'll have everyone form a circle and hold hands. Um, and if you have any other input on how to make this more interactive, um, I'd really appreciate it because, you know, the people that are going to be there are the people that are most meaningful to us and our relationship is in part what it is because of the people that are there. So the more we can incorporate them and kind of take down the traditional barrier of, you know, you are watching us do this thing. Um, I'd really love to hear your, your input. Um, and then my second question is about the mother of the bride. My mom and I are really, really close. My mom is my best friend. And Honestly, mother of the bride kind of gets shafted. Um, they really don't have a natural place where they fit in and are acknowledged in a public way. And I really want to create that for my mom because she's worth it and she's incredible and I love her so much. So my mom and my dad are going to give me away. Um, I'm considering maybe having her as my matron of honor, but I really... Um, I don't know. I'm looking for like the right, the right special place for her. And I can't quite figure it out. So I know, you know, there's readings and their toasts, but I guess I don't think, I think I want something more special than that. Um, cause I feel like anyone can kind of fit in those roles. Um, but anyways, I love your feedback. I'd love to hear from you and thank you so much for your podcast. I love listening to it. Happy days. Bradula Ashton, well done you for thinking a little bit more about making, I love your comment about not making it a spectator sport. I think that you have really thought about that. And how nice is it, the idea to go, hey, meet your neighbor. That is such a simple idea. And I think everyone should just immediately stop and add that to their wedding ceremony service, whatever we want to call it today, because I was thinking a little bit about the guest list and about all of these people that you gather together. And Ashton's totally right. Every one of those people, hopefully, 
if you followed the bride chula principles has meaning to you you love them you can't wait to see them they're going to make you smile on the day but every one of those people have had interactions with you as an individual and as a partner and your family and they are the stepping stones building stones building rocks I don't know what we're going to call them bricks whatever fucking thing you want to say it was going well until then of your foundations the word I'm trying to think of what an idiot of your relationship and they have had a big part of who you are as a couple and hopefully your future so saying that I actually think connecting these people because they're not all going to know each other. That's the weird thing. You get together and you go, as they used to say in Seinfeld, George Costanza, one of my idols, which is a huge worry, would say, look, Larry David's more of an idol, not George. He would say, you talk about worlds collide, bringing people together from your different worlds, different parts of your life, which doesn't always go well, especially in the Seinfeld world. But in real life, it can be a bit of a thrill to introduce people that haven't had the connection, but they mean something to you. So long story short, I love that. Huggy, huggy, without being too, you know, weird. Uh, It's not going to be weird, but you know what I mean? Bringing people together, getting them to connect early in the day so they can continue the day and have a great time. Rock out. Now, to get to your mama. I think this is lovely that you share that connection. And also, I do agree, the mother of the bride just gets to wear the mother of the bride clothes and never really, if you look it up, I just did a quick Google, doesn't really have any formal jobs besides just saying, I birthed you, here she is. (laughs) I do think it's challenging finding something that's not a reading. I love to see a mother-daughter dance. I think that would be like smooshing the rules a little bit. I think that'd be fun. Does your mum like to dance? Would you get her on the dance floor? And just rock out together. Could you do a bit of a co-speech? I'm really into the idea of getting people that aren't normally people that are invited to speak at weddings to speak. I think we should sort of twist it a little bit. Your mum has heaps of memories of you. And I think it's always like, who's the father of the bride? And it's lovely. But what about mama getting up and doing some talks? Don't know. These are ideas. I'd love to hear any other suggestions from the Bride Chiller community. We will put it on the Facebook page today if you would like to jump in and make suggestions. Maybe you are doing something with your mum. Are you including her in a different way? Are you giving her a bigger role? Maybe, um, I don't know. I don't want to put thoughts in your head. I want you to be individual thinkers. Hit the uh, Facebook page, Ashton. It's been great to play your voice message and learn a little bit more about you. Your wedding sounds fantastic. There'll be more of the Bride Chilla podcast after this. Hi, Alicia. My name is Shauna. Um, my fiance and I are getting married on July 15th, which is fast approaching. Um, it's like all of a sudden we're like six months away and I have a lot of crap to do, um, which is exciting. It's great, but it's like all of a sudden you hit that like six month mark and it's like, boom. Um, so on that note, I am looking for some advice on my bridal shower. A few months ago, um, my fiance's mom, you know, started talking about how she wants to have um, a bridal shower at her house for me. And that sounds great. You know, she's really super excited about it and, like, keeps talking about it. And I think part of that is because she – this is her first year um, in retirement. So I think she's, like, dying for something like this to plan, which is adorable. 
But on that note, I don't know, and I'm afraid to kind of ask if like this shower that she's planning is like kind of meant to be for just like their side of the family. And if she's kind of implying or expecting that like my family have another bridal shower for like my family, I don't, I really don't know how that works. My maids of honors, I have two, they're my very best friends. We call them Comos because they're starting to ask me questions about, you know, how it works, like who plans the shower and where, you know, all of the logistics of all of that. And I'm the first out of my little small circle of friends to get married and none of us really have experience doing this before. So I don't want to say, yeah, uh, I should have two showers and I don't know. I just... I don't want to come off like greedy because it's not like I don't want people to think I'm expecting them to go to two showers and get two gifts because it's not at all the case. If anything, I'm just trying to like, um, I don't know, not rock the boat. (laughs) My parents are divorced um, and they can tolerate each other in the same room, but it's just really awkward, especially since my mom is just kind of having her own marital issues at the moment um, and just isn't in the space to really be... um, partaking in a lot of this, which is fine. I just want her to be able to come and have a good time and hopefully, you know, not feel, I don't know, left out or or bad or anything like that. Because I think that my stepmom might want to do a shower there, but I don't even know. Like, is it up to her or is it up to my maids of honors? Are they the ones who set it up? I don't even know. Does it matter? Because I just don't want my fiance's mom to think that she has to, you know, entertain like all of my family because essentially I have, you know, two sets of family because um, my parents are divorced. So I don't, I don't really know where to go with this. Um, It's kind of stressing me out right now because a lot of people are asking me what I want. And while I do kind of want separate showers just to like have it not be super awkward, at the same time, I don't want to sound like bridezilla or greedy or anything by, you know, kind of implying like, yeah, two showers might be best. (laughs) I love listening to your podcast. I listen to them on my way to work every day or on my way home rather. And they're great. It's really helped me um, figure out, you know, what I want out of all of this, (laughs) which I guess what we all want at the end of all of this is a marriage, right? But, um, I guess it's helped me figure out like what I want out of my whole wedding planning experience. Um, you know, and it's helped me to say, I don't give a crap about what kind of chairs we have because my fiance's mom is rather traditional. And she did kind of ask like, what kind of chairs do you think you're going to have? And I kind of politely said, you know, I'm just not really concerned with the chairs at all. Um, anyways, any tips or tricks you could provide on how to navigate this little situation would be lovely. Um, thank you so much. Happy days. I think we can all relate to Shauna because he's the, like, he's the fucking newsflash here when it comes to planning a wedding is that no one is trained unless you're trained, but we're not all trained. I don't know. I think most of my audience, most of my lovely bride chiller community, my, I sound like a dictator, the, 
are people just normal people going about their lives who've gotten engaged and gone, oh shit, now we're going to plan this thing. What the hell do I do next? How does it all work? And I feel like, Shauna, you were in a position with an added bonus of divorced parents, which a lot of us have, where you're trying to spin the plates, keep everyone happy, but also go, how the fuck, what do I do? What's the next step? You're planning, you said you do, okay, so you're going to offer to do that, great, but can we mix the people? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to let people down. Trust me, I think you're doing very well, but also trust me, I feel like an element of just going, okay, this is how we're going to do it is going to help you along the way. And when I say this is how we're going to do it, it's just make some hard and fast decisions about who is planning what. Because when you start giving people the option to participate, that's fabulous. But if you are, if people are getting confused or saying, I think I'd like to throw you something, or I'd like to do that too. It can be really hard because then you're like, you got 12 events, you're trying to keep everyone happy. Do all the same people go along to each event? I don't know. Maybe, as you said, it's easier if you just let your mother-in-law, she's offered, she's come out of the gates first. Sounds like a horse. She's not a horse. Uh, but she's come in first. She said, I'd really like to throw you this party. Maybe that's a really good excuse to say, great, that's your big task in our wedding day. Then to me, that's ticked a really big box because I think you're going to find Shauna and I'm sure we can have some nodding bride chillers at home or on the bus or wherever the hell you're listening going down the track. Sometimes people go, hi, what's the job that you want me to do? I really want to do something for you. And sometimes you're like, fuck, I have nothing. I have nothing. I don't know what you want to be about. I don't know. Or it could be the opposite going, I'm overwhelmed. Take all the jobs. So I feel like when people offer... She's jumped in first. I accept that offer with open arms and just make sure that your mum feels comfortable and your stepmom feels comfortable coming along together. I think it's a really nice way to bring the women folk together, the women folk, uh, to talk about women-y things, to organise a new protest or a rally. Maybe, maybe just just have a lovely shower. <laughs> we don't need to bring politics into everything, Alicia. Settle the fuck down. I think it's a great solution to bring the families together. She's offered just crack on and do it. Good job. I'll be winding this uh, episode up around about now just to let you know what I'm doing. I hope you are enjoying your wedding planning. And if you're not, then I'd like to help you in any way I can. If you'd like to send me a message, I welcome that. A voice message. Fabulous. Right on the Facebook wall. I think you get the picture. If you haven't subscribed to the newsletter yet, I send out a weekly newsletter. I gather all of my favorite wedding planning things. I do topics. A few weeks ago, I had a very popular post, which was all about how to travel hack your honeymoon plans. I think I might actually do an episode about this. I'm really into travel hacking. It's where you can get money back. You earn frequent flyer miles. You find all these sort of little tricky ways to get your travel super discounty. In my day job uh, in television, I've been working on a TV program that's meeting a lot of advantageous, clever people who are planning to retire young, early. And they have come up with lots of ways, just talking to people of saving money, especially when they travel. And I was really inspired to learn more about this idea of travel hacking and to find ways that you can still go on holidays and still save money. But 
you know, get really good discounts in hotels and flights. So in the last newsletter, which again, as I said, it was really popular. We got lots of feedback about it was just a way that you can think laterally. If you might be at the end of your tether with money, when it comes to you've paid for all this stuff with wedding and then you're like, shit, I really want to go on a holiday, but I don't think I can afford it. How are we going to do it? Then I had some suggestions in that newsletter about just following some very simple paths to booking holidays and accommodation through cashback websites, finding different discounts, always using codes. It's like simple shit, but a lot of people don't do it. And Rich and I, we never, we never travel on full price. Like we always find discounts. We're real tight asses, as we'd say in Australia. But I, I wear that with a badge of honor and a badge of pride because we get to do lots of crazy, great things and we really don't spend a lot of money. Anyway, That is an example of one of my newsletters. I try and make them jam-packed full of valuable information that you will go, oh, I'm so glad I read that. It's not spammy. It's full of love. It's from me. There you go. Hope you're having a fabulous week. Get in touch. Feel the love. Share the love, especially with friends. If you know someone that's getting married who could be very benefited by this podcast, let them know about it. That's a gift from you to me and to them. Oh, Love it. Until next week, happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right? <laughs>